So I'm so excited to have with us Cyrus. He's amazing. Um, he's the founder and creator of Clever Robot Labs. And um, I learned a fancy term today. Uh, he's an expert in XR. So that means, correct me if I'm wrong, Cyrus, is AR, VR, and AI all together? What, is, what does that mean? Well, it's, uh, it's instead of AI, it's uh, AR. But it really okay. it means uh, that we handle a lot of these different uh, different visual reality kind of technologies that you've heard of. It's all in one bucket. So X, it's usually a catch all for everything, right? Mm -hmm. But it also sounds cool, I guess, too. Right? Yeah, Xbox, X-Men. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I, I'm an insider. Yeah, I'm cooler than I actually am. It's hilarious because like we, we recorded this um, before CES, which is a consumer electronics show. Um, but I guess once I get there, I'll be much smarter. Right now, I'm super dumb which is great because you can be the smart person who educates me, but yeah, I have no idea what it still means. So like, okay, let's start off with this. Like what's the funniest thing that's ever happened to you in XR? Uh, well, I don't know if it's happened to me, but I, I we, we do, uh, we have this, uh, uh, this experience that's more of a, a VR experience. It's a haunted house. And uh, this last October we are running this and, we would have a lot of people go through and they're walking through this virtual haunted house mm -hmm. and they're making their way through a forest and into this, uh, this, uh, old mansion. And we put in a lot of jump scares and oh, it was funny just watching these people go through and, and just being react, just reacting to, to all the things that are happening, uh, right. stuff like that. We, we had some a great video <laughs> people allowed it to, to take. Is that private? What was that? Can you share the video or is it private? Uh, I think I did. I think I sent, uh, sent oh, it sent to, the video. Uh, to you over. Video. Oh, okay, because I saw the beginning and like people didn't jump or anything, but okay, I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah, you go through a little bit more and, and you'll start seeing uh, people, you know, <laughs> reacting. It's going to be viral, like guys. It's going to be a viral video, okay? I'm going to take a whole, whole credit for it and I'm not going to give them any credit. Anyways, so... That's, that's funny. I like it. Um, so how did you get into this field? Let's see. I, uh, I was, I guess, doing uh, AR, augmented reality, uh, since about maybe 2009. Back then, augmented reality, uh, you were doing things off of a web, webcam, and uh, you would have these things called uh, fiduciary markers, which look like small QR codes. So if you point the webcam to one of these uh, QR codes, uh, we would use that to figure out where to put like a, a virtual image, uh, you know, or a 3D character and have that show up. So you can actually move this, this marker, the, what's called a marker, and this image would follow it. So you could put it in your hand. If you put the marker in your hand, it looked like the 3D character was in your hand. So I thought that was pretty cool. And, and that was uh, uh, what got me into it. And then since then I was working with uh, like Intel, uh, Google, um, uh, Occipital, um, let's see who else was I working with, uh, Microsoft, all of these uh, large companies uh, were dealing with early uh, augmented reality and mixed reality technology. Mm -hmm. I love that. So how would you explain like AR, VR, XR, all the things to a five-year-old and a 50-year-old? Okay. Well, I would say that 
you know, I guess they're, they're a bit different. So I could concentrate on, on each one. Like AR, I would say that it's like if you were to tell somebody of who, who, you know, they've never heard of this before, that AR is augmented reality. And if you take this device, it could be a phone or it could be these uh, goggles or glasses. Uh, it's like if you put this on or you look through it, it's like looking through a magic window. And you can look at this magic window through reality. But on top of that reality, you'll see, let's say, uh, some kind of cool 3D character or some cool effects that are overlaid on top of that reality. So that's what AR is. It, it, it overlays uh, virtual uh, elements and experiences over the real world. Uh, VR. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, VR is a little bit different. VR completely replaces your real world with this virtual kind of experience. So if you were to put on these glasses or goggles, uh, uh, your, your real world would disappear and you'd feel like you might be flying or you might be going through this, this fantasy land or this castle or walking through this uh, building that hasn't been built yet, you know. Uh, so that's what virtual reality is. So in a way, you've got the different ends. What's that? So it's like being on mushrooms and drugs, right? I would say so. I mean, one of the things that I, 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 I tell people, especially with what we're working on, our, what we work on is XR, which is a combination of AR and VR. And in a way, it allows you to, you know, if you're under the influence, mm -hmm. you know, uh, if you're drunk, you could still sit on a chair and that's a chair, although maybe, you know, you might have other things going on. If you're, mm -hmm. you're under the influence of something else, you know, you'll feel like it's uh, something else. Our technology, you, we can take a look at a chair and turn that chair into a tree stump. So it's still a physical object, mm -hmm. but it'll seem like something else. So yeah, in a way we could, we could do like a designer trip, you know, I love it. and have I love you feel it. like you're in somewhere else. Holy shit. Well, you heard it first, folks. Uh, don't do drugs. Uh, do XR. Get into virtual reality. Be the same thing. Um, so how <laughs> It's better. It's, it's yeah, uh, under your control. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. So, like, um, what do you think is the future of your field? Future of the field uh, really is right now, in order to do augmented reality or, or virtual reality, any of these things, you have to wear uh, these uh, headsets. And right now they're kind of large and, you know, they, they cost, you know, uh, you know, about $400, uh, $400 to, you know, thousands it could be. So the, it needs to get smaller to the point where everybody can have one and more affordable. And once you have that, uh, really the idea that a lot of people have is that uh, the, the AR glasses will replace a smartphone. It'll be the new smartphone, right? You'll use this instead of, Carrying, uh, carrying around a smartphone and you'll have access instantly to, to information and all this other kind of kind of cool stuff. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So we're going to go to CES soon. So like, I've never been there. Have you been there before? Yeah, I've been okay, there a bunch it? of times. How, how is it? Explain it to uh, a newbie. Well, it's, it's really a, a giant spectacle. Uh, you have the CES stands for Consumer Electronics Show. And it's where all the new electronic products will be first shown before they actually come out onto the market. So, you know, it's where you'll get a showcase of the, the next generation future TVs, 
or future generation of self-driving cars, or in our field, you know, future headsets for VR or AR. Uh, you'll also get everything else, which is, you know, the, the latest smart home or smart uh, kitchen kind of stuff, refrigerators and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's really pretty, pretty neat to be, be able to go there and, and see the future of this stuff. And, you know, it's, it's, again, it's a spectacle. Everywhere you go, there's a lot of loud, you know, uh, loud music, loud advertisement. Everybody's trying to really show off their product. So it's, it's, it could be for some people, uh, uh, information overload. Mm -hmm. I love that. So, well, I mean, what, what can I do to get the most out of it? Cause I know we're going to party over there. So like what advice do you have for people <laughs> on what to do and what not to do at CES? Well, I guess the first thing, if, if you want to have the fullest fun, uh, I think there's a party list. So you want to get invited. Well, one of the first things is, you know, you don't want to have to pay for a ticket. You well, want to be able to, <laughs> you want to be able to, talk with somebody who's actually exhibiting at the show and say, Hey, I want to be your customer. I want a demo. Oh, oh what, if I they, what if I'm, I can't be their customer? Do you trick them? You're, you're not saying that you're actually buying something. You oh, want to check it out. Oh, shit, so. <laughs> so there you go. That's one thing. Basically be somebody's customer who's attending the show. You know, uh, look through the directory. The, the directory, if you type in, hey, CES, uh, you know, on the, on the web, you'll find uh, who's exhibiting and take a look through there. And maybe there's somebody who uh, you think, oh, great, I can relate to them. Uh, you know, they usually have the contact information with the company, and then uh, you try to give them a yell. Now, it might be a little too late. I don't know, maybe, you know, it's like next week, so you might still have time. But if you do that, you get in. You you might be able to get a ticket free. Plus, uh, if you type in uh, CES uh, free ticket, CES uh, 2019 free ticket, there are some uh, groups that are handing out free tickets to CES. So that's one, one secret. Uh, the other one is uh, some of these retailers, some of the, not retailers, some of these exhibitors are having big parties, big parties at CES. You have people like Sony and, and all that. So, you know, um, sometimes if you already have a contact there, great. You can ask them about the party. Uh, the other thing, too, is show up at the booth and, and see, hey, you know, uh, if it's a big company, they might be having a, uh, a party kind of thing, you know, especially if you're getting a demo. So if you're, you're, you know, if anything, see if you can, you know, show that you have an interest in being a customer <laughs> and then see what the benefits are. So there you go. Thank you for the tips. Other than that, yeah, other than that, pre-plan pre what you want to do. Yeah, I already got tickets, so now I'm like, well, I mean, I don't feel bad about it, but I feel kind of weird now that you told me this. But okay, anyways, how do you manage your energy at this conference? Because it seems so huge to me, and I'm such a huge introvert. Like, how do you know, like, where to go and, like, how to pace and, like, what what's, what's the time you suggest people to arrive and leave? Well, let's see. I, I used to go for like all three days and that was pretty tiring. So yeah. I've gotten used to now just fly in for the day and mm -hmm. fly in in the morning, go through the stuff during the day and then fly out at night. So to me, that allows me to match my energy with what I want to see because 
I mean, the, the thing, I don't know how many square feet the show really occupies, but it's huge. But I'm not interested in everything. I, I'm, not, I'm not going there for self-driving cars or, or smart fridges or things like that. Only a small section. I'm there to so, see um, So, okay. I, with, I yeah. I'm there to see uh, uh, the Empress herself. So, she's <laughs> on Tuesday. I got to time the release of this. I got to make sure I time this well. I'm going to release it New Year's for sure. But, sorry. I, I, was, I was getting excited. I'm using you as a free uh, planner for CES, in case you couldn't tell. Um, but, sure. Like, how do you suggest networking? Because you know so many people, you work for so many awesome companies. Like, how do you suggest networking at this conference? Well, most conferences are really hard to network at because you've got so many, you're competing against so many things that other people, uh, they're occupying their attention, right? They're there to go and, and talk with exhibitors or they're there to do other business meetings, stuff like that. Um, I think... Let's see. Mm, at CES. Yeah, CES, I usually, the people who I meet there are usually people who I've already said, hey, I'm going to CES and let's go hang out. Let's go meet. Okay. Something like that. Meeting new people at CES. Um, if, you're, if you go to the booths, you could meet um, the, the people who are manning the booths there too, you know, who, who are at these, uh, at the exhibits. So I guess that would be it. Yeah, if you're going around CES, you're going to the exhibits talk with the people who are, who are at the booths and stuff like that. And there'll be, um, you know, the, the, that, that's how you can network. But if you're looking at uh, going for something, you know, I guess deeper stuff like that, you pretty much have to do your, your hookups uh, uh, before that, before the CS and then meet there to, you know, do the face-to-face -face stuff. So. Mm -hmm. I love that. So, like, uh, what are you working on right now? Like, can you tell us about Clever Robot Lab? Yeah. So we have uh, we we have technology. It's uh, it's in this platform that allows us to. You can look around the, the the real world, and we will detect things like the walls and floors and and uh, furniture, and we'll retheme that to something else. So we could take, let's say, if you're in a hotel room, we could turn that into, let's say, a castle and then have uh, uh, avatars, these virtual characters, roam around. They'll know where, where the furniture is, so they'll avoid that, and you'll be able to do these uh, kind of experiences uh, that happen there. So we did this with a haunted house during uh, Halloween where uh, wherever you were, we could turn the space into a haunted house and you could walk around a forest and and through the, the, the abandoned mansion, even had an elevator that you could take to go up to the second floor. You feel like you're going up to the second floor, but you're really not. Uh, and uh, so we can, we can basically, it's kind of like what you were talking about earlier. We can make you feel like you're taking a little trip, <laughs> going somewhere else, have a, have, a, have a different kind of experience no matter where you are. So that's what we're we're doing. Our technology can uh, is used to create these different experiences, and we're doing this for uh, enterprise, which is uh, you know other businesses. So we're doing stuff in in a space called uh, LBE, which is location-based entertainment. And uh, location-based entertainment, you might see you know things like Dave and Buster's is like a location-based entertainment uh, place or family entertainment center. 
uh, you would see these in malls too, where, you know, you can uh, see these little kiosks or booths or, or areas where people can uh, go there and try out stuff. So, and mm-hmm. as well as museums and all this other kind of stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So uh, what would you do if you rule this industry? Well, what would I do if I ruled this industry? Well, I, I guess the big thing that I would do is, you know, the stuff that we're working on, I think, can become a standard for the whole industry. So I guess if I ruled the industry, I would be basically making our technology the standard. So that, that puts us as the, the center <laughs> and also allows us to help everybody. Uh, get get a, a leg up in in the industry and the technology, so you don't have to have everybody reinventing the wheel. Um, but the, again, it allows us to be the the center. So I would say, if to, to rule the industry, uh, our technology uh, becomes uh, the standard that helps everybody uh, get in and start getting things happening. So. Awesome. So, uh, what would you do over in your career? If you had to, what would I do over my career? Well, I don't know. There's a lot of a lot of different things in my career. Oh, I don't know. Uh, that's probably a tough one. Uh, I, I I think <laughs> it's it's interesting. I think I've learned a lot of uh, lessons, especially when it comes down to the AR and VR and stuff like that. Um, you know, what, what we're doing is on the bleeding edge. It's very uh, early technology, which uh, doesn't necessarily mean that it's commercially viable right away immediately. Uh, and right now, the prediction, well, before when I got into the industry, everybody's thinking uh, a long time ago, AR, wow, this is so great. It's going to be big in 2010. And it was kind of interesting. It was gimmicky. Uh, but that didn't really happen in a way that would make it commercially viable. Then there's all the big VR hype after Facebook bought Oculus back in 2014. So everybody thought that the VR industry would explode, you know, around 2015, 16, 17. Didn't really quite. So, uh, now people are predicting that uh, the AR industry and maybe VR industry will will explode in 2023, 2022. So, I guess <laughs> I guess the thing is that even though I've been in it for a while, uh, I would say that if uh, I had the foresight, I'd probably get into it a little bit later. <laughs> get get closer to when uh, the commercial viability would happen. So. Yeah, I see. So. But, you know, every every year it's two years out. So who knows? Hopefully, maybe in 2023 that'll be it. But now, because we have all this experience, we're we're ready. <laughs> awesome. So, like, what types of people do you think would do well in the AR industry and VR and XR? You know what I like about the industry, and this is interesting. I I would go to various meetups around the uh, the San Jose at uh, the Bay Area. Uh, and uh, there would always be a very diverse group of people who attend, who would attend these meetups because I've been to other technology meetups and you know you'll you'll see the typical demographics uh, of uh, specific you know people who are into tech. But with uh, AR, VR, XR, it's been very diverse. I've met so many different people uh, from different backgrounds. 
that uh, and they they all have different ideas. And I guess the other the the opposite side of, of cutting edge technology is that the rules aren't in place. So you could come up with any kind of idea and and that could be viable. So um, so, yeah, I would say that it's really very, very open. Uh, everybody is really uh, can can find uh, can it's welcoming to everybody and everybody can find a way to to, to be relevant or feel that the technology uh, can be relevant to what what they have to offer. So. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Love that. And um, how do you think like these games are different from like because I went to the Microsoft store once and then it was like an experiential thing so like how do you think like games and maybe other industries would be impacted by VR maybe with like more examples what would you say well I'd say the biggest thing you know when it comes down to a VR game compared to playing it on a Nintendo Switch or or a PlayStation is that um, it feels immersive. You really feel like you're in that world. Um, you know, that's why when we're doing things like the Haunted House, you could play a, a scary game on, let's say, a personal computer, and you know, you might, it might feel creepy. You turn out the lights and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it gets really scary when you're in a VR headset because you really feel like you're there, like you're, you're at that house. Mm-hmm. And that there, there is this, uh, you know, uh, the experience is all around you. So when things do happen, it really, people really jump. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. uh, so, the, the, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's that immersion that I think, and that's what everybody is counting on. That's why they keep saying it's going to, it's VR and it's going to hit because the idea that it's that immersive. Uh, AR, on the other hand, while it's not quite as immersive because you're mixing in the real world, uh, the the thing that that's exciting about it and that what we're doing with it, we're working with more the next generation of AR, which is AR that actually understands the real world that that it's uh, that's around you, which allows us to have virtual characters interact with the real world because they know where things like uh, the chair would be or the doors would be, stuff like that. If you move the chair, the character will go over to the new position of the chair. And when you think about that, you're actually turning the whole world into uh, 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 almost like a UI, uh, a user interface, which is revolutionary. You know, you're not limited to just using a mouse and clicking on a button or touching something. You can move chairs. You can move, let's say, uh, uh, pieces in your... Uh, objects in your room or something like that and have these virtual characters interact with that. So I think that is, uh, you know, pretty exciting, interesting, and and it makes things different because one of the things that we do that I think uh, my background too, is I've been in the games industry for over 30 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so when I take a look at, you know, games that we used to make, uh, I'll make a game, and it'll be made a certain way because I don't care about what environment you're playing in. I'm going to make this, let's say, um, the science fiction game, and there are going to be these corridors, and you can go through all that stuff. So it's only going to be one kind of game. You're going to play it, and maybe you'll play it again, or maybe if it was a story-based game, you played it, and that's it. But with the, the technology we're working with, where we can re-theme your world into this game, um, you know, if, if you play it in, let's say, your bedroom, the game will be created one way. If you play it at a restaurant, 
it will take uh, the, the the, the layout of the restaurant and it will create a game based off that layout of the restaurant. So the game is different depending upon where you play it, which is revolutionary, which means that you're not stuck with just one way of experiencing this thing. And when you do that, you actually start allowing people to, in a way, participate in the creation of the game that they're playing. People can become a game designer just by choosing where they play the game. So this, these concepts are what I think are very interesting and exciting that uh, you can allow the end user to be a participant in, in the, in the game, in the experience. So. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So um, can you tell us more about clever robot labs and how can we get in touch with you and what kind of people that you work with? <laughs> well, we work with everybody. Uh, again, you know, I think, what was great is that uh, we'll, I'll talk with uh, various people uh, who have different ideas of how they can use VR or have questions about VR. So yeah, I, I, again, uh, as I said before, I think the, the, the kinds of people, the, it's very diverse. The kinds of ideas and use cases are very diverse because we're very early in, in, in all this technology. Uh, but uh, our, our website is uh, cleverrobotlabs.com. Uh, if you go there, uh, you'll get more information on us and contact information, uh, things like that. Mm, awesome. So thank you so much again for this. I learned so much from this. I wish I uh, listened to you before I got the CES tickets. <laughs> Um, we're going to hang out. It's going to be dope. Thank you so much for this and uh, hope to have sure. you on episodes to come. Great. Okay. Well, thank you very much for having me on.